0: The Irish Times Business Podcast in association with Irish Life. Eight of the top
1: ten Irish companies choose to do business with us. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life.
0: Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Business Podcast. This is Wednesday, February 4th. I'm Kieran Hancock. And on this week's show, we'll be looking at the issue of bankruptcy in Ireland. I'm joined in studio by Chris Lehan, the official assignee with the Insolvency Service of Ireland. And by David Hall, head of the Irish Mortgage Holders Association, which represents a lot of consumers burdened with mortgage and other personal debt. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your role and when you took it up and what it involves.
2: Okay, I'm the official assignee in bankruptcy now for just over five years. Um, I was formerly a uh, member of the court service and as of the tour of September last year or the previous year, I moved into the insolvency service where effectively the office of the official assignee moved from the court service into the insolvency service, which is effectively merging what was the existing process of bankruptcy with what are the new um, reliefs being saw, being obviously given under the insolvency Act. So
0: originally under bankruptcy law in Ireland it was 12 years you had to serve as a bankrupt. That's been reduced now to three. To three.
2: Yeah. I mean that would have been the big change that was made in bankruptcy uh, and I suppose the other big change would have been that now you need a debt of 20000 So If you, in the past, up until 2011, the Civil Law Miscellaneous Act, you could actually be in bankruptcy for life. So there was a change in 2011 that actually brought it down to 12 years. And then with the Insolvency Act, uh, which came into being the amended bankruptcy act that came into being on the tour of September 2013, now the automatic discharge period so that's the period in the normal course that you will be in is three years and, and there are ways that you, if you get all your creditors to consent you could get out quicker obviously if you pay off all your debts you can get out a lot quicker
0: OK so the new rules came in in late 2013
2: it would have been third of December 2013
0: OK so let's take 2014 then that was the first full year of this new regime yeah. for bankruptcy in Ireland how many, how many cases went through the system?
2: We had 448 I mean, just to show uh, that that is still very small by comparison internationally. But in 2007, we would only four, so there has been a massive increase. But relative to other countries, it's still a relatively small number. And can you put it in context against uh, other countries? Well, I mean, in, in percentage wise, uh, maybe well, or something fifty like thousand in in England, uh, and I think in Northern Ireland it's like fifteen hundred and they are only one-third the size of us. So by comparison, and that's where those figures of about 5,000 bankruptcies years came from, it was looking at Northern Ireland and saying, well, if they're one-third of us and they're getting 1,500, we should be around the five 5,000.
0: Right, OK. And there were 448 completed cases.
2: They are, well, when you say completed, they are new bankruptcies where people were adjudicated bankrupt in 2014. Right. OK. Uh, I think in all the number of bankrupts we have in Ireland currently, there's 494 because obviously a lot of people fell off because the Bankruptcy Act, in saying three years, there was a lot of people in bankruptcy for many years. So when the third of December came, 2013, um, and for a six-month period afterwards, there was like an extension of, of that period uh there would have been hundreds that were effectively discharged from bankruptcy. OK.
0: Now, how, mu- how much does it cost to go bankrupt here?
2: Oh, it's OK. Uh, a year ago, it used to cost 1,500. We have abolished bankruptcy fees uh, in the court service of abolished bankruptcy fees. And another major change that the Insolvency Service made was we... Got rid of the requirement that you had to publish a notice of your adjudication in a newspaper, and that used to cost around 700. So the costs have gone from 1500 down to 270, and that 270 comprises of a contribution towards my costs in trying to administer the bankruptcy of 200. And that, as of January, has gone down from 650 to 200. And the other cost, the 270, is a 70 euro fee that has to be paid to Irish which is a Requirement that you must advertise your bankruptcy, which is now on the ISI website, which costs nothing, saving the seven hundred and the seventy euro irsifigul fee is a requirement because it's actually in the Act that you must publish it in a state journal called irsifigul. So, does the, the, the net answer? 270 now to go back.
0: 270, okay David Hall, I'll bring you in from the IMHO. You, you were campaigning for that fee to be reduced, weren't you? You felt that it was always too high.
1: Yeah, yeah, and thanks for the invite, Karen. I think you know, we, a quarter of those people who went bankrupt last year were our clients whom we assisted free of charge to go bankrupt and there's been a huge change in the Act coming from 12 years to 3, as Chris has said, but even within the ISI there's been a huge change in relation to reducing those fees and now you know, 270 euros is exceptionally reasonable for what is Is a major life event to become bankrupt, dealing with all of your debts in one go. It is the nuclear option, and as Chris mentioned, he's now in under the insolvency service, which has other options that others advise to explore prior to pulling the trigger on bankruptcy. But nonetheless, 270 euros is a massive change from Mm. where it was only 18 months ago. And the you know the ISI to be commended for that. It is now a very affordable, reasonable. There are obviously Other agencies and organisations and third parties and professionals who may charge you fees professionally to assist you become bankrupt, but the actual fee now relevant only the official official fee. fee is 270 euros, and that makes it a very attractive proposition for those who have to consider bankruptcy very seriously. Okay, Chris, if
0: I'm considering bankruptcy, what's the first step?
2: Right, okay, well, as David had said, I mean, before you consider bankruptcy, you consider what are the alternatives. And under the insolvency service, uh, the Personal Insolvency Act, there there are three options. If your debts are under 20000 there's a thing called a debt relief notice. Uh, And then the other provision, if your debts are above 20000 is what is called a debt settlement arrangement and a personal insolvency arrangement. Personal insolvency arrangement is different from the debt settlement arrangement in that it involves a mortgage and trying to effectively, Mm. and in most cases that means trying to deal through an arrangement and in that first instance the first thing you'd do is you'd go to a personal insolvency practitioner licensed by the insolvency service and he'd advise you on which of the various options is the most we'll say the best one for you and in some cases Bankruptcy is because it is the fourth option. If your position is completely hopeless, it would be bankruptcy that you would choose. And I suppose David would probably deal with the others in relation to the the debt settlement. Yeah, I think I think it,
1: it, it's important. The the, the strange part about this is that this is not like an emergency department or a hospital, and very little happens urgently or has an urgent nature around it. So some people jump. In relation to looking at bankruptcy, and our advice always is to look at explore all the other options. Uh, Chris has mentioned, and some people are utterly hopeless, have a very difficult situation. There is a financial reason to go bankrupt. But there's also a strategic decision as to when you might go bankrupt. And part of the rules around bankruptcy and Chris's the rules around bankruptcy involve the family home. Uh, when a bank, if a bank has taken a course of action against you in relation to your family home, do you go bankrupt now or do you wait until the sheriff inevitably comes to pull you out of the house? Or do you try and come up with an arrangement with your lender prior to going into bankruptcy? So there's a strategic part of going bankrupt. And, and it, it is essential to get a, a proper professional advice to ensure that not only are you making the right decision, but you're actually doing so at the right time. Um, Personal Insolvency Arrangements, there's 140-odd licensed pips on the isi.gov.ie website. Um, There's Keeping Your Home uh, website, there's Back On Track, and there's our own website, mortgageholders.ie. There's a plethora of help and assistance out there, and the most important part is that people, and our hope for 2015 is people who are in deep arrears and deep distress around this, take their head out of the sand and look at the options that are there. Some options are less palatable and less pleasurable than their options. Everyone accepts that. But there are options there, and it escalates up to and including bankruptcy. And bankruptcy is the nuclear option. Many people threaten it with banks. Our advice always is understand it fully, be prepared to pull the trigger if you're going to threaten it with your creditors, and and learn as much about it as you humanly can.
0: Okay. Chris, I suppose the the key concern a lot of people have is that they might lose their family home. How many cases uh, of the 448 last year would have involved losing the family home?
2: All right. okay. I can't answer that because obviously some of them are in the process. I mean, the best way of answering it is how many people uh, who've gone bankrupt want to stay in their family home? and the, the reality is, just to explain the background and that, and I'll come back to, I, I would say about half, if you want a, a net figure, uh, can stay in the family home, if not higher. Uh, and what happens when a person goes bankrupt? I mean, it, 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 when a person goes bankrupt, what it means is that all your unsecured debts are written off. So, if a person we say has his mortgage payment to pay every every month and he has a commitment to maybe he's bought a bike to let or maybe he has bought or sorry he's taken out personal loans for cars and others, what happens is his commitment to make all those other payments disappear. So, the irony of it is that your capacity to pay your mortgage may actually Improves. increase hugely. So, um, to, and I suppose when you're coming back to it, how many, if some people want to hand back the keys, obviously they're fully entitled if the husband and wife want to hand back the keys, well then they've made the choice about keeping their family home. They don't want to. They want all the negative equity written off. When it comes into me, the decision and how it actually operates in practice in my office is that... We assess using the Reasonable Living Guidelines of the Insolvency Service of Ireland. And that allows them a certain sum of money as regards fixed costs, which would be obviously the standard monies for messages and everything, things like that. And then one of the heads is accommodation costs. So how I assess whether the person's mortgage is a reasonable amount is by looking at what are the reasonable uh, rental amounts on DAF.ie. So we get a range of, having regard to what your family requirements are maybe you're five children and you want to stay in a four bedroom house reasonably in the area close to your schools what it would cost to rent in that area so obviously in some cases um, the, par- the, the amount that I will allow for accommodation is within the amount that person needs to pay their mortgage They can stay in the house. Sometimes there's an utter madness. People were going for equity releases for the second house. So the mortgage payment they're asking me to pay for their house is considerably more than what is a rental in that area. They will have to move. They will not be allowed to stay in the house. And that's where I come in. And people ask me, is it, do I stop the banks moving in? The answer is the official assignee sits only into the shoes of the person who was made bankrupt. So if we'll say a classic situation, the man goes bankrupt and the wife doesn't, I don't have any powers vis-a-vis the bank any more than that man himself has. And all I can do is look at his mortgage payment, see if it's reasonable within what I'll allow, allow him, and then he stays in his house.
0: Right, Okay. And what about personal items like jewellery, for example, or paintings or such like?
2: Okay. well, the, the act... Provides that an individual can keep necessaries, which are normally tools of the trade, and, and within that, I allow a flexibility that if some people say, "Well, the, the car is the necessary, the furniture," so there, there is a balance within. Like, unlike on the personal insolvency arrangement, where people are allowed to keep a car of a certain value, there is no such requirement of me in the bankruptcy act to allow an amount for a car. What I will allow is. Um, within this 6,000 of necessaries and in a lot of cases and particularly if the wife will say is equally a bankrupt those necessaries are then 12,000 so I don't go taking the furniture out of the house do
0: you take the I wedding do-
2: ring no okay I mean if you want to talk about individual items we assess what are the necessary so the persons would declare to us what are the values and no i've never taken a wedding ring having said that there are some wealthy estates where the jewelry is of a substantial nature and well above six thousand and i am required to put to those persons what the necessaries are and such decisions might have to be made
0: right okay um now, what if somebody gets a somebody's in a job? Um, can you attach uh, to their salary, or if somebody gets a pay increase? Um, can right, you take okay. part? Some or okay. all of that. Well, just to summarise increase.
2: again what I said: when a person goes bankrupt, I apply what I call the reasonable living expense guidelines, and I set a set amount fixed in accordance with the guidelines. So, a set amount is effectively ascribed to them mm. as to what is regarded as sufficient for them to live on. Any amount above that is a surplus and I seek uh, initially an agreement for them to pay that amount in here. We assess on a six-monthly basis their income and their costs so an income payment order can go up and down if, if an individual loses a job and reassess the surplus the surplus is gone my right to go against that person clearly goes but your net an- quest, the net answer to your question is if he gets a significant pay increase mm-hmm. an increase that is greatly bloats that surplus I will be reassessing that amount and seeking that but it, it, it we are not absolutely rigid on the figures so there's always okay. a little bit of flexibility
0: and What about if they inherit uh, a sum of money let's say from a, a parent grandparent wherever it might be right. or let's say they win the lotto okay what happens
2: well it would be great for the creditors because the the law is that when a person acquires assets after he's adjudicated bankrupt The law puts an obligation on him to declare that to me. And if he fails to do that, it's a criminal offence. So if if someone won the lotto and didn't tell me, they would actually be committing a criminal offence. And what I have under the Bankruptcy Act is a right to claim that, what's called an after-acquired asset, bring it into the pool of assets. And if they win the lottery, one outcome would be they'd obviously get out of bankruptcy. They'd have paid all of their debts. And if it's a decent win, they'll have a surplus... (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, of course, it depends on the sum they owe. Uh, does, as you mentioned, some some very the, significant sums are owed by certain well, individuals. Well,
2: there's obviously certain people that winning the lottery wouldn't be enough. But the, the reality is the vast number, uh, and David would deal with those mainly, uh, a lot of women would be happy days, well and truly take them out of okay. their misery.
0: So, somebody uh, is declared a bankrupt. Are they allowed to have a debit card, a credit card? Are they allowed to go on holiday? Are they allowed to live abroad?
2: Okay, uh, there's a lot of questions there. I'll deal with one. There. Are they allowed to go on a holiday? Of course they are. There, there's, uh, the only restriction and the concerns that I have is that someone, and it has happened recently, where a person adjudicated themselves bankrupt one day and took a flight to a foreign state and basically notified us that that's it. I'm out of here. I did a, a deal. I, I attempted a deal with a bank. They weren't interested, and now I'm not going to. Uh, and they're not going to get a bob in bankruptcy. And unfortunately, I had to threaten in that case that if that was the continuing attitude, I'd have to seek an extension of the bankruptcy, which would extend the period from three years to eight years. So there are sanctions that I can impose to try and bring um, the kind of a reasonableness to some people's behaviour. Um, you, you can't leave Have you actually done that in any cases? I have extended bankruptcies in four cases already
0: or from three to eight or different terms?
2: Uh, so far, they have been all of, of one year because the parties themselves might nestle, not necessarily have been aware uh, at the time that they started their, we'll say, misbehaviour that there was such a sanction. Uh, I suppose the truth of it was, back then anyway, it was 12 years. So the, this is coming as a sanction. But there are certainly certain individuals who are shown such contempt to my office and I've already been threatening them over the last couple of months, that there will be applications for five-year extensions going through the courts in the next couple of months. Right. How many? Um, uh, getting being particular, there's at least two. Too.
0: Right. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, living, living abroad now. If, if somebody is declared yeah, a bankrupt, mean, and they play by the rules, are they allowed to live? abroad? If they are,
2: and we do have people who are living abroad, and we do have people who commute over and back, because the nature of the work is that a lot of the work can be at home, can be abroad, but they keep their base here, so they're regularly out of the country. And if they enter into a reasonable living expense and make full declaration to me as what their income is, and are paying their income payment agreements. I don't have a difficulty with people living outside the jurisdiction. Okay. Can you run a company? No. um, What... um the law is here is that s- there's Section 183 of the Companies Act. Once you be- become a bankrupt, you must resign. As so, a
0: director? As a director. Okay. Uh, that doesn't so, stop you from actually running a company, though, does
2: it? Uh, well, I think... I mean, your Act brother is, might
0: be the partner, he, so he might stay as a director and well, his son I, I, or something like that. Well, I think like the that. wording
2: of Section 183 is a bit broad and simply direct. It does apply any management control of a company. So, yes, there are situations where people are bankrupt, they are working in the same company that they were working before. Uh, sometimes the wife takes over as director. Uh, I am very concerned that they may be working as shadow directors. So there are issues arise, but uh, and such issues are actually followed down because it's a company law uh, provision. It is a provision that uh, is managed by the uh, director of corporate enforcement rather than being a purely bankruptcy matter.
1: At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on one 704 1845 Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014.
0: How long does it actually last, the whole bankruptcy? I mean, from the first moment you decide, right, I'm going to go bankrupt to the moment you're okay. discharged. Well,
2: you, you, can, you can bankrupt relatively quickly. I mean, the, uh, you do a petition you you swear an affidavit you file it in the examiner's office of the high court and then it's just how quickly the application comes up in the court uh, david might from that perspective know how quickly mm. it actually comes up in the court
1: yeah, it can and again there's a, you know with 448 last year um, those numbers will rise this year we currently have 168 in uh, a queue for bankruptcy at the moment uh, and that was, they were held back from last year because, as we mentioned earlier on, the fees dramatically dropped. So therefore, everyone was going to be able to benefit from a significant reduction in the court service fees. And um, so you can do it between in a period of four to six weeks. It really, though, you're at the behest of the court service at the end of the process after you've completed all your paperwork for you to be added in. And On average, there could be 60 hearings on a, on a Monday some are carried over some are petitions from creditors from banks or revenue predominantly and then there's a cohort of people who are there declaring themselves bankrupt
0: okay. I was at a, a seminar this morning um, run by one of the law firms and they were saying that the number of insolvency cases is actually beginning to trail off uh, are, are you finding that, and, and do you think that will be the, the trend with bankruptcy no. as
1: the economy recovers now? No, I, th- I think I think bankruptcy is going to become and has. If you look at the figures for last year for for in, uh, all the insolvency figures, there were a thousand insolvency arrangements for want of a better word or deals as it was called last year. Four hundred forty eight of them were bankruptcies. Two hundred and seventy were combined personal insolvency arrangements and debt settlement arrangements, <coughs> and two hundred thirty were debt relief notices, which were for debts below thirty or €20,000. So there were 1000 last year. They will absolutely increase and they should increase. Politically, and this is not Chris's department, but politically, there seems in the last 10 days to be a major realisation that there requires... The ISI has done everything it humanly can within the legislative framework to reduce fees. It has not only reduced the bankruptcy fees for the personal insolvency arrangement applications and the debt settlement applications has dropped the fees entirely. It hasn't just reduced them, it's dropped them completely. For this to work requires a political change to uh, rebalance the imbalance that exists between the debtor and the creditor so I think the bankruptcy will increase this year I think that all debt settlement arrangements that debt relief notices and personal insolvency arrangements will also increase albeit modestly in the UK Kieran, in the last year Mm. there's been a significant tailoring off of insolvency arrangements, both corporate, personal and bankruptcy. But they have a far more mature system and one or two of our politicians have threatened in recent days, which I sincerely hope they carry through on, a 12-month bankruptcy period, which would get the entire system rocking. Okay,
0: Chris, how many bankruptcies are you expecting this year?
2: Um, Well, I I think it's averaging about 20, 30 a week and that's then how many court days. I mean, we probably expect uh, roughly a thousand, and that is really off the top of our heads. Um, <clears throat> the thing about... I suppose so on, double, Oh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Easily. I mean, if you look at the number of people who are in mortgage arrears, and, I mean, David would have more experience of dealing with them at that level. There's so many people who haven't engaged, and then we know that the banks are moving in on them, that those cases will be going to court, and that will absolutely force people to follow through on their options. And, I and might leave yeah, today. And this
1: this goes back to the strategic component of this whereby if you are one of the thirty seven thousand four hundred and eighty four people who are in mortgage arrears of over two years or the twenty thousand twenty one thousand eight hundred who are in more arrears of more than one year, there is a train crash coming. And the point of decision is do you jump before impact or do you wait until there's impact and our Plea is to seek help before the before impact nine, comes. Yeah, yeah, sure. And what role do the banks play in in bankruptcy? Either good. Good, bad or indifferent? Very little, which is the only pleasurable part about bankruptcy when you're looking at it from a debtor's perspective. It is the one component where, as Chris said, they rely on their security in relation to the property, uh, but otherwise they get nuked. And and, and, and you know, for their unsecure component and for the negative equity component. And one of the parts that you asked, Chris, earlier on that I think is an important part to extend is when Chris, and the example we've been using during this is, is the male person, hence we refer to him as him or, or he, when he goes bankrupt and Chris steps into his shoes... Unless there's an arrangement in place, uh, Chris owns that person's component of the house forever. So there are, you know, uh, overspills in relation to the transaction. And But the bank then have to issue proceedings. And one of the questions people ask of us is, if the bank issued proceedings against me now outside bankruptcy, average would take two years for the bank to acquire the house. If the bank issue proceedings against me and I'm in bankruptcy... There seems to be a potential accelerant there or an opportunity for the property to be repossessed quicker because, um, as I say, there's no necessary... Chris is not being paid, nor is he being funded, nor is there any need to defend something that possibly is indefensible.
0: Chris, do you know how much was written off last year in those 448 cases?
2: Um, I think it was actually published by the ISI. I don't have the figures to hand. Yeah, I
0: think it was 1.5 billion. Yeah. Was the, was the total mm. amount uh, written off quite a quite sizable?
2: So, all yeah, you really do need, though, is one big bankruptcy. I mean, a lot of the cases yeah. that David would be dealing with, we're talking Small two, three three hundred. And then, then you've got the some average. person with a hundred million or two hundred million yeah. or even mm. half a billion, and suddenly their figures look... They clear the pitch. Uh, 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 this is it, a little bigger...
0: Okay, so somebody does their three years in in bankruptcy. You're happy with everything, if you like. Um, They're about to come out of it. I mean, what's the lie of the land uh, for them from from then? Can they, for example, become a director of a company again?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the, the conditions and the the restrictions, because what the Companies Act basically says is that an undischarged bankrupt cannot be a director, manager, or controller of a company. So on the basis that the... uh, person is discharged from bankruptcy they can become a director Um, what happens is my right to claim after acquired property lapses on the date they're discharged so now this is important if they had property and they hadn't declared it to me so if if there was property that was properly within the bankruptcy estate that I didn't know about and it emerges afterwards well then it vested in me it, it, it transferred to me and the date they were adjudicated it still stays with me Right? So okay. when a person goes bankrupt, all his assets and all his liabilities stay within the bankruptcy. So if he had three houses the family home we will do everything to try and keep them in the family home if the mortgage payment is mad they'll have to leave buy to let's are almost certainly gone because that will be part of my administration of the estate Uh, and just to talk about what will be the continuing issues for a person after they've become bankrupt well the half interest if we go for the classic example that only the man has gone bankrupt that continues to stay in my ownership and he can at any stage or the spouse try and buy me out and I've announced publicly that if it's a negative equity property, I'll be seeking an amount of about 5000 But if there is an equity in the property, part of my job will be to try and sell that. And in the first instance, I will always go to the wife. So the family home is one potential string that could last beyond the discharge period. And the other string is that it comes down to what happens in relation to your income. Right, The the Act provides Section 85 Mm. that I can seek an income payment order for five years. So what I do is I assess the person at the earliest stage and I will credit them at that stage if, having assessed them, they have no capacity to pay. So take, for instance, on the third year... If they have now at that stage got a capacity to pay, I will not at that stage seek a five-year income payment agreement. I will credit them with a period where having assessed and they haven't disclosed everything. If they haven't, that's another matter and I'll deal with that in a moment, I will effectively then seek an income payment order for only two years. So there is a sting... Two years beyond the bankruptcy period where there could be still a requirement to pay an income payment order.
0: And of course that applies in the case of Sean Quinn, which has been uh, reported in the media quite extensively. He has to make a payment uh, over the next two years, doesn't he?
2: The position in relation to, I'm not going to talk about individuals, that, that is of most complicated bankruptcy involving bankruptcy in two different jurisdictions and... That would not be a good example to discuss. It would be a similar type of situation where a person not having the capacity to pay up to a period, suddenly there's a prospect beyond that period. And clearly I will be doing everything to put something in place before he's discharged from bankruptcy. And in an example that you might have given, there was a a sufficient payment to me that can be varied up and down uh, in time because if, you know, salaries don't emerge... Uh, there can be a right to say, look, I didn't get that money. Equally, if there's more money is emerged, there can be a way. Mm. So it, it varies up and down. Uh, and another thing to just point out when we're talking about it is this right to uh, assess a person. So when a person is just before bankruptcy, if there's any uh, doubt that some asset is vested in them, it continues to vest in me. So if there's people who've acquired an interest in something, even though they've gone from bankruptcy, I still own their property.
0: Okay, I know you don't want to name individuals, but you have been involved in some high-profile uh, cases. What's the most unusual thing you've come across in all of the bankruptcies you've been involved in so far, in terms of somebody trying to hide an asset or you know trying to trying to avoid uh, okay,
2: well, being captured
0: wait, in uh, some you know the bankruptcy net?
2: Uh, I have to be careful because in any sort of a high profile matter it's so widely publicised in the paper as soon as I mention it everyone will know what I'm talking about I mean uh, I suppose I can talk about particular aspects of bankruptcy that is not nice It is not nice going into a person's home and doing an inventory of their assets and working out what portion has to be sold and used. That is not nice. It's not nice for me. It's not nice for the bankruptcy inspector. And there have been obviously an incident recently where that was occurred. So, I mean, uh, it is interesting that some people believe that when they go into bankruptcy that they can fool my office and effectively hide income. And that our investigations are not sufficiently comprehensive that they can get away with it. Uh, And and that's something what I've said in previous interviews. If anyone is aware of any incident where there's property being held and not disclosed to me, uh, do tell me. And I would love to know, because that person is obviously... Bankruptcy is a very necessary option for people who are genuinely insolvent. And there are some people who go into bankruptcy... And they are not being honest. So it is my duty, and it's the duty really of anyone out there, because an awful lot of the banks are state-owned banks, uh, to effectively declare to me, and this I will make sure, money in many absolutely, cases. Absolutely, and yeah. I'll make sure that the, the the assets are brought into the bankruptcy estate and paid towards the current. And,
0: case. and percentage-wise, how many people haven't been totally honest uh, with you? Let's take the four hundred and forty-eight cases. How many? <laughs> Percential, roughly.
2: Well, put it this way, I mean, there are 448 cases. The investigation's ongoing and a lot of the sum. I would say that I've probably got um, 10 really difficult cases going at the moment. 10, right, OK.
0: David, just talk of the bankruptcy rules being amended again and possibly coming down from three to one year? I presume you would...
1: You would favour that in terms of the kind of clients you have. Yeah, I think the two the two components are, as Chris said, and, and it's it's always good to humanise the bankruptcy component of this because bankruptcy is a, a necessary uh, choice for people. But it's not always easy. You know, and Chris mentioned about people turning up at your home to do inventories of your property. That's an option that one of his inspectors might do. I think the lack of activity of the massive numbers of people in arrears and personal debt, this is not just mortgage debt, personal debt, that's crippling the entire country and many, many people. <coughs> a acceleration to deal with that would be a reduction in the bankruptcy from three years to one year. And having that enforced, even for an amnesty period for two years, or you would do it in such a way that if you applied for a personal insolvency arrangement and it failed, where... The insolvency service adjudicated that the bank would have gotten a better return had they agreed to the personal insolvency arrangement than allowing the person to go bankrupt. That after that, if the person was allowed a one-year bankruptcy, that would revolutionise the system, wouldn't require very little change in legislation, and would not conflict or or have any legislative or legal cha- challenges by any of the banks. The banks simply are not playing ball, um, and that evidence is clear now and the T-shirt is on record as having said that, he's been given that evidence himself. The Taoiseach, the Tawnished and the Minister for for Justice all met the personal insolvency um, service last week and some of the pips. They've clearly on record indicating a dissatisfaction. There's multiple strands of activity politically going on all over the place at the moment in the last week or two because of this tsunami of repossessions and a crisis that's coming ahead of an election. There needs to be action and a 12-month bankruptcy would be a great step.
0: Mind you, it took us so long to get to the current situation where it's three years. I mean, what are the chances of it of it happening in the
1: lifetime of this government? Well, I think, you know, politics is a very, very strange thing, here and 57,000 people in arrears. The banks have told the central bank they believe 49,000 are in peril of losing losing family homes. We believe the figure to be around twenty-five to 30,000. That isn't in over a quarter of the entire social housing list within the state. There's no joined up thinking. We've a mortgage rent uh, product that is a brilliant idea. It was in, in, created by the state, promoted by the oh, state, utterly, utterly executed abysmally. And But we've got to find solutions. And the best per- hope the debtor has, as tragic and as sad as this might sound, is 12 months out from an election, politicians seem to go to their think tanks and come back with great energy and great thoughtfulness in relation to this. We have a social housing crisis, we have a massive debt crisis and we have a mental health crisis that needs to be resolved and the numbers are absolutely enormous. Absolutely mm. enormous.
0: Mind you, the banks have a debt
1: crisis as well and this is taxpayers' money in most cases so why should... I mean, there is a moral hazard here, isn't there? there is, the moral hazards are the people throughout the country, length and breadth of the country who have taken the hit for the banks that are there at the moment, who have dug their head in the sands out of fear, who know <coughs> that they're in peril of losing their family home home the moral hazard is trying to not resolve this and having a massive impact on the country most of those balance sheets as you know Kieran, have already taken the hit they've already written this money off and now they've sat back for five years and waited for property prices to increase. And now they'll squall around, try and outsource uh, stuff to third party vulture funds to do the repossession on their behalf. And we will have a very difficult 24 months. We've said it for the last couple of years. We've been told we've been naysayers. We were told, the, we warned the insolvency service in the absence of consulting with debtors wouldn't work to its full potential. We were told we were naysayers. The Taoiseach himself now has confirmed that. There needs to be firm clear, simple action in most time, not nine months of legislation one simple move, legislate, remove the bankruptcy down to one year and watch those banks run Chris, what are the chances as you see it, of it being
0: reduced from three years to one year?
2: Okay, this is where I put my Sir, Sir Humphrey out. <laughs> that's a policy matter, I discuss my views with the Minister, not publicly, I, I'm not in a position to comment
0: Okay, I mean do you think there might be any change in the lifetime of this
2: government? Again, I, I, as the tea <laughs> not unfortunately, not something I can answer.
0: Right, okay, David. The last word to you. How long do you think this problem is going to be with us? This this, this problem around insol- personal insolvency. And I,
1: th- I think we've a number. We've a number. Another couple of years to go. We definitely have three to four years. This could be dealt with very quickly by three simple steps. Move the bankruptcy to one year amalgamate such as ourselves, the Irish Mortgage Holders Organisation and a number of the MABS offices who deal with uh, debt which can be done instantly with no extra cost. MABS has a budget of 19 million per year and they've 256 staff. They have about 20 of those offices dealing with mortgage debt. Combine it into a process that evaluates and triages people into informal arrangements, formal arrangements or bankruptcy. Remove the bankruptcy down to one year. Make a number of other changes to the insolvency legislation such as VAT. Bizarre situation where we're, we're charging VAT (laughs) <laughs> services which the banks can't recoup um, you know, and the complication involved in an in insolvency arrangement is far too complicated for something so simple as someone being insolvent. Do those three things and we could have a 24 month whirlwind and we will really have recovery at the end of that.
0: Okay David Hall, Chief Executive of the Irish Mortgage Holders Organisation. Uh, thank you for that. And Chris Lahan, official assignee of the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Thank you for joining us. That's it for this week from the Irish Times Business Podcast. My thanks to researcher Declan Conlon, producer Sinead O'Shea and sound engineer JJ Vernon. Don't forget that you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today. Email at irishtimes.com. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.